You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm joined by my good friend, Gil Martin. He's a writer for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. We're going to try and provide you a little bit of uh, entertainment and levity today, um, but it's really just a... For a lot of people, it's just a distraction. Our um, hearts and our prayers go out to the people of Ukraine and um, uh, other other countries that are going to be uh, very soon involved, um, probably in, in what's going on. And uh, football doesn't feel very important, but also some distraction is necessary at times uh, to keep yourself from going too crazy. So we're going to talk some some Packers football and and uh, hope that you can. Tune everything out and, and enjoy it with us for a bit here. Gil, we have some we have some news. It's not the news I think we were hoping to talk about today. I think we were hoping for the Aaron Rodgers um, announcement. We could start talking about what they're going to do with his financials and how it's going to affect the rest of the offense. Instead, we found out that he's apparently still with Shailene Woodley and just finished some vomit cleanse or something <laughs> crazy. Um, but hey, you know, we got a Kenny Clark restructure and we got an Aaron Jones restructure and we have a fun listener question that has to do with the draft. Uh, let's hit that draft question first, because uh, that's the one I'm most excited to talk about. And then after all this, we're going to wrap up what we were talking about last week with how we would address the defense this offseason. Uh, my guess is that is going to be all of our time for today. We won't touch on any offense at all, but you never know. We'll see uh, where it goes. So uh, uh, let's see on Twitter. This came from Coach Lance, a uh, longtime friend on Twitter. He says, let's get into some draft talk of all prospects. What position do you think the Packers will draft the most? Now, you and I put our heads together and try to figure out, well, what does the most mean? Is this like what is their biggest priority or is it like which position in the draft we think they're most likely to double dip or even triple dip and I think that uh, you had a position that came to mind right away that uh, you feel like the Packers tend to take a lot of of late round swings at go ahead well I mean you know we we have talked about the interior offensive line where they tend to take uh, you know a lot of players in the in on day three of the draft and and they have a pretty good success rate at mm-hmm. grooming those players into eventual starters or at least you know quality reserves yeah especially when you look at at the hit rate for players at any position in those later rounds the fact that you know the Packers really are never lacking for good um guard and center depth on their team I mean even if you look at over the course of the season, there were just a, a plethora of injuries to the offensive line. And obviously, we had a lot of concern over the tackle positions. I don't think we were ever really nervous about guard. There were a couple of weeks where we wanted uh, Royce Newman benched, but we had guys behind him that we felt confident in sticking in his place. Uh, the Packers do a great job of keeping their stable stocked with a bunch of quality uh, big boys that you can put in the middle. 
Uh, like you said, uh, so two years ago, they took three guys in like the f- uh, sixth round. John Runyon, Jake Hansen, Simon Stepniak. Now, Stepniak actually has retired from the NFL already. Injuries. I can't remember if Jake Hansen is on their roster right now. I think he, he's- he was on the roster uh, toward the end of the season. I think he played a handful of snaps, if I'm not mistaken, mostly on special teams. But uh, Of course, John Runyon was a starter at left guard the entire day or entire year right and then uh in 2021 they took royce newman in the fourth round obviously he was the starter at right guard for basically the entire year i don't think he, he missed any games and they took cole van landon in the sixth round and obviously that was a guy who did not pan out now uh who was it they took one of, one of those guys, I think it was Cole Van Lannan, just got drafted in the USFL yes. like two days ago. I think it was Cole Van Lannan. I think so, too. So that'll be, uh, you know, uh, obviously not really what he was hoping for his career, but uh, Packers took a, a risk on a guy who was just down the, the road from him and uh, can't fault him for that. And the fact that uh, Royce Newman, especially by the end of the year, was playing such quality football, and then he got John running the previous year, who's a sixth round pick, their strategy works out. I, I think that uh, your theory that they might double dip at that position seems plausible. Uh, I would I would also love to see if maybe you could find another Yash Nyman type guy who has the physical attributes that you need in a tackle and doesn't get drafted early because, uh, you know, maybe there's injury concerns. Maybe uh, he needs a. Uh, a lot of developing and that's a guy that you could bring in and, and really coach for a couple of years and turn into another quality reserve guy. I would love to see that. Uh, I think, I think offensive line is probably the most likely position they would double dip at, but I'm also going to go wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is just that I, I think that they need a lot of bodies introduced into that room. I, I think Alan Lazard is coming back. I think MVS is coming back. Big questions about Devontae Adams and and what they're going to work out there. But I think he's coming back as well. Amari Rogers, you know, is going to be here this year, uh, at least, you know, guaranteed to be here through uh, training camp and all that. Right. And I I, I think I think that uh, something would have to go crazy wrong for them to move on from a third round pick uh, this early. So not not super concerned about him yet, but. Behind those guys, I think I think you really do f- feel a pretty significant need to bring in bodies in a way that I'm not really sure you see anywhere else on the roster outside of my 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 third answer, which is defensive line. And the reason I'm actually not saying defensive line is because every year I bang the table for bringing a bunch of guys in and they never <laughs> do. They they go into every season with like the bare minimum number of defensive linemen that you can have on your roster to field a team for a game. And that's about it. Like no backups at all. It's crazy to me. But so I, I, I think that they should. And I think that they won't because Goody and I have been having this tussle for like three years now. So, yeah, because this is a recording, right? I mean, <laughs> you say interior offensive line. I say wide receiver. I wouldn't be surprised if both of us end up being proven right on that one. Yep. Uh, But certainly one of them. Um, So that's answering it in terms of like who they would double dip for. 
as far as biggest need now, I know that you are writing a lot of content these days. Uh, I have three positions that I think are massive needs for the Packers. I have those ranked, but I want to hear what, what do you think is your number one need in the draft for the Packers this year? Wow. Uh, uh, there's a couple of positions that that come to mind. One of them off the bat is wide receiver, uh, mm-hmm. although I'm not sure they'd spend the first round pick at that position. Um, but I think it, you know, if the right person is there, I think it would be wise of them to do that. Uh, so, so that stands out to me a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, two positions that I think they definitely have needs at, but will never or almost never spend a first round pick on is your interior defensive line and your inside linebackers. But the other position I think they may spend a first round pick on is edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's either That's wide receiver or edge, if I was going to yep. guess. I'll throw one more position into the mix for the first round pick. I think it's going to be either. A, a an outside linebacker, a pass rusher, a an offensive tackle or mm-hmm. wide receiver. I think it's one of those three. I think you you have to look at the state of their tackles and have some pretty significant concerns. First of all, um, David Bakhtiari, as far as we know from David Bakhtiari, when he went on. Uh, Whatever show it is that Aaron Nagler hosts. I, sorry, Aaron, if, yeah. if for, for some crazy reason you have to listen to us. Can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, it's not Cheesehead TV. It's a different one. It's a, one of his other ones. Uh, anyways, Boxyari went on and he was t- giving some details about the recovery with his knee and, mm-hmm. and all that. And it's it's not does not sound like it's going well. Now, am I saying that I don't think he's going to be ready to play in 2022? No. But I certainly have him highlighted. I got a big yellow circle drawn around him saying he needs to be on the path that makes you feel 100% confident he's ready to go or left tackle instantly becomes your number one priority in the draft. And you look at the other guys that they have who could play at all. Uh, obviously we, we saw a lot out of Yash Nyman that makes you feel really comfortable putting him out there again. Um, I, we kind of rather have him over at right tackle. If, if you, uh, obviously can have David Bakhtiari at left. Um, but I, uh, you need somebody little, a little bit at a little bit of a higher level level and you need depth for your left tackle position going into the season. You can't go into the season saying plan a is Yash Nyman. And I'm not accepting Billy Turner as the answer for left tackle for the season. So not left tackle. You may not have the answer at right tackle, depending on the cap situation. So, right. You have, you know, and, and, you know, the other person who you theoretically could throw into the mix at left tackle is Elton Jenkins. But just like Bakhtiari before him a year ago, we don't know how long it's going to take him to rehab from the, right. the knee injury. So he can't be plan A. He can't he, be plan he, A. He and cannot I think- be relied on to be plan A at left tackle. He may eventually end up playing that spot. We don't know, but he cannot be plan A. So you have uh, Bakhtiari, who's coming off the, the knee that really cost him 
for all intents and purposes, all of 2020, uh, 2021, excuse me, and, and is on the wrong side of 30. You have Jenkins, who may start the season on the pup list. You have Nyman, who has started a grand total of, you know, eight games, although he played pretty well, all things considered. We don't know if Billy Turner is going to be back, and he's more suited for right tackle. Dennis right. Kelly is an unrestricted free agent. Don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, there are a lot of question marks at tackle, and it is a high-priority position around the league, not just for the Packers. And at pass rusher, look, uh, I, I think that we have – we still have a large degree of confidence in saying that we don't think Sedarius is going to be back. And even if Preston is back for 2022, he's not getting any younger. And I don't think that you have a lot of confidence that he's going to be around long-term either. You need another guy opposite Rashawn. Uh, And the answer is not Whitney Merciless long-term either because he's even older than the Smiths. Right. You need, you need another guy. Listen, Rashawn is about to get massively paid a year from now. He's going to be one of the highest paid defensive players in the league next year. And that's great. You need another young, talented rookie that you're bringing up um, to play behind him. Once you pay Rashawn, you absolutely cannot be keeping any of the Smiths at that point, especially given their age. Uh, the reason you can have Rashawn and one or two Smiths right now is because Rashawn's on his rookie contract. He's about to get buku bucks. So uh, I, I think my my uh, first three rounds in the draft are going to be addressing uh, edge, tackle, and wide receiver in some order. Uh, I think wide receiver is less of an issue, obviously, if Devonta is back, but you still, I still want to be developing Devonte's replacement because he's going to be retired in a few years. He's at the top of his game right now, but you need somebody else. You know, this is, this is like when we drafted Devonte and we already had Jordy Nelson. Mm-hmm. You need to be, you need to be training up your new Devonte while you are still relying on Devontae to get your production right now, because uh, the odds that you're going to get a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson who can come in and be wide receiver one at, from like week one, not that not that good of odds. So uh, those are my priorities. And then, you know, fingers crossed, just wishing it'd be awfully nice to have another defensive uh, lineman to put next to Kenny Clark. Uh, I, I again think be- that's going to be a, a low priority. They'll, they'll probably pick a guy up in like the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, well, you know, that's more or less, we're in agreement there. That's what I said. It should be a priority, but it won't be. And if Devondre Campbell isn't back, they need another starting interior linebacker. But again, they'll probably sign a free agent, uh, you know, for the same, roughly the same amount of money they signed Devondre for if he's not back. Yeah, and I'd be okay also with taking another stab at tight end. Uh, there's a, This is a pretty good tight end group, I think. And especially you look at a guy like uh, one of my favorites, uh, Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. Fantastic blocker, really underrated receiver. Uh, Ohio State just does not throw to tight ends ever. No. Um, but uh, the he and there's there's other tight ends as well that I'd be overjoyed to to grab. I think if any of them uh, are available in like the, the fifth round or so, I think I think you take a stab at tight end. 
Uh, I like Deguara. I don't know what the future is for Tunyon, but I, I think you could upgrade over Tunyon. And you got guys like uh, Daphne and uh, Davis that you like, but I, I still think that that room could use a little bit of improvement. We'll see. And they got a new tight end coach this year, so things will, will change around there. But that's our draft talk. Uh, we did talk about the news with the guys on the roster right now. So Kenny Clark was the biggest, most obvious domino to fall in terms of big cap relief. Kenny Clark is still a, a young-ish guy and a core foundational piece of this defense that you know you can build around. And he had a lot of wiggle room in his contract for this year that you could free up. So the Packers freed up $10 million uh, in cap space by converting like 13 or so million of his salary into a signing bonus, adding a couple void years, pushing that money out. Uh, Kenny is kind of one of the few guys, maybe the only guy on the roster that you really feel like you can do that with because he's very healthy. He's young. He's at the top of his game. He's going to be here for a while, maybe in line to get a third contract. As rare as that is with the Packers, Kenny is is maybe of that caliber that you could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also you don't... very young when he was drafted, so that helps as well. Man, I love Kenny Clark. I'm so happy we have him. <laughs> I'm a big Kenny Clark fan. Now, on the other side of the scale, though, you got Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, love him, but they did the same thing with his contract and pushed a bunch of money out. And this one is a huge head scratcher to me. Just uh, the, the the deal that he was signed to a year ago had four years on it, but it was not a four-year deal. It was a two-year deal with an out after two years. Right. Next year to keep Kenny or Aaron Jones, he would cost twenty million dollars. He'd be the first running back in NFL history to have a salary cap hit of twenty million bucks. Mm-hmm. You can't happen. do it. Ain't. You can't do it. And I, look, I I love Aaron Jones, but his numbers are going down. His production is going down. His carries are going down. Despite the fact that we had an extra game this year, he's wearing out. And I know that you love him. I know that. For every running back, every time I say don't pay running backs, people say, yeah, yeah, in general. But with this guy, it's different. With Ezekiel Elliott, it's different. With Christian McCaffrey, it's different. Well, uh, with Aaron Jones, well, it's different because his game, I mean, he's such so involved in the receiving game. Baloney, lots of running backs are involved in the receiving game. Aaron Jones is very good at it, but it's not relieving wear and tear on his body. He's missing more and more games. And I'm not paying any running back, let alone the guy who's actually at this point our running back number two. I'm not paying him 20 million bucks for the season. So this is I, I think I think you just have to resign yourself to this is Aaron Jones's last year with the Packers. I think that's correct. You gotta, and you it, gotta enjoy it. Yeah, no. Uh, the only the only thing is, you know, I is this his last year with the Packers unless he totally signs another extension or, you know, another deal. Yeah. 
because no running back in the modern NFL is worth $20 million. And I'm a big Aaron Jones fan, and I like the dimension that he brings. And I like the combination of Jones and A.J. Dillon because either one of them could be the number one back. Either one of them can be the complementary back. They have different skill sets. They complement each other very well. But, you know, $20 million for a running back just is not happening in the modern NFL. And here's the the disappointing news is that you, you really have to cut him next year. And when you do that, you're still going to have nine and a half million dollars in dead cap for Aaron Jones. You're saving ten and a half, but you still owe nine and a half at that point. And yeah. and you can't pay out 20 million bucks to a running back. You can't no, do you it. Cannot. There's no way. There's no way. And again, I'm not paying Derrick Henry 20 million bucks. No, love Aaron Jones, but he's not, he's not Derrick Henry. No. And realistically, what we know is that uh, like, again, where did they get Aaron Jones? He was what a fifth round pick. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams was a fourth round pick. AJ Dillon was a second round pick. Actually, I think we're off by one year. Aaron Jones was a sixth round pick and and Jamal. Oh, no, no, you were right. You're right. Yeah. I didn't say anything. Yeah, no, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Fourth and fifth. Fourth and fifth. So, I mean, would it shock me? I mean, we still have Kylan Hill, who we drafted in the seventh round last year. If he's able to start the season, you know, if he's healthy enough to start the season, We'll draft another running back on day three and go from there is likely what's going to happen. But, you know, $20 million is not likely to happen. No, and you can get good running backs. You can get them pretty easily. Yeah, and if you have a good offensive line, you can get away with, you know, not having an elite running back and still moving the sticks and getting the job done. And, you know, when I saw that, Jones had had, you know, that the Packers had did what they did to Jones's deal. You know, again, to me, it's just another example of being all in to try to coerce Aaron Rodgers to come back that we'll still surround you with enough talent. We'll free up enough money to sign you and Devontae Adams. This is management bending over backwards to try to keep Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I almost agree. I think this is management bending over backwards to remain Super Bowl contenders. I, I think that, uh, you know, and Gutekunst even said, like, whether Rodgers is here or not, we're still going to field a contending team this year. I, I think that he looks at the total roster and the amount of talent that he has on there. And I, and I think that he feels like, he he can't justify blowing up blowing it up right now, and he sees likely cap relief coming in the next few years that would allow him to still retain the majority of his guys. You know, Goody was talking to us on what was it Wednesday, I think, and he was making a big deal of the fact that like, look, um, a guy or two here or there is going to be leaving in free agency, but we're it's not a fire sale. No, uh, what, whether Aaron is here or not, that that was a, a big big thing for him. And, and by the way, you know, as we're talking about stuff that happened this week, four contracts that had a bunch of void years on them from last year did go ahead and expire, which kicks those void years in right now to 2022. You have uh, Kevin King 
no longer a Packer. Devondre Campbell, no longer a Packer. Uh, who are the other two? Alan Lazard was one. And Ra- I think Robert Tunyon, or no, no, is that Shannon Sullivan and Robert Tunyon, not, not Alan Lazard. Correct. So th- those four guys, Tunyon, Chandon, Devondre, and Kevin King. So those guys are currently not under contract with the Packers. They're free agents. Packers obviously can bring them back. But it's it's interesting um, be- because I think looking at the other moves the Packers made, such as freeing up money from Aaron Jones's contract of all places. Huh. Uh, you look at the, at, at those other contracts that you would not have probably wanted to kick in uh, the cap hit for this year. Kevin King, for example, I, I think probably is not coming back. Right. I agree. You look at, you look, you look at uh, the amount of dead cap that just kicked in that, that could have been pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's not coming back. And and by the way, I don't think Kevin King would have been cheap to bring back anyways because he he asked for and got five million bucks to come back for twenty twenty one. Uh, for twenty twenty two, I think he's still going to be wanting similar a similar amount of money. So the Packers seemingly are willing to take that one on the chin. I don't think he's coming back. Devondre. It is a little bit of a different case because Gutekunst specifically said that he'd like to have Devondre back. I think that it's a little weird that they did not get a deal done in time to prevent the void years from kicking in, but it was only $800,000. So right. that wasn't as urgent. So I think maybe Goot was looking at it and saying, I think based on what Devondre is asking for right now, which we don't know what it is, only he knows. Um, I think that I can save more money by waiting to get a deal done and getting myself some more leverage than just the 800,000 that is going to kick in if I don't get a deal done right now. But I mean, I think they spoke to Devondre. I mean, you know, we had the Instagram post of him being in green Bay and, and what have you, but you know, they couldn't get it done so quickly and so easily. I'm not surprised by that. Uh, if I'm Devondre Campbell's agent, I want to test the market. And if Green Bay doesn't bowl me over with something, uh, why would I not want to test the market and see how much money my client can get? So uh, uh, the other two guys, Tunyon is a really interesting one to me. He had all nearly two million bucks of dead cap got accelerated into this year uh, and counts against the 22, 22 cap. He's not under contract with the Packers right now. He's a free agent. He also has an ACL tear. Right. And I think that you have some serious, significant questions about whether he's going to be ready to play in 2022. I think the Packers are going to let him go off into free agency. He's probably not going to get any offers right now since he can't even walk right now. And I think they're going to wait and see how his recovery goes. See if he gets big time offers in free agency. And maybe come back to him over the summer. And if he's looks like he's about ready to play at that point, then talk about re-signing him at that point. I think that's probably where you're looking at, at with Tunyon. And as a result, I think you need to look at your 2022 roster with the assumption that Tunyon is not on there because you don't know if he can come back because of the injury and the fact that he's literally not under contract right now. I think that you have to look at your at your draft 
through those eyes. I agree. Draft, draft I, I and think, free agency. Draft and free agency. I, I think that it is unlikely. Look, the, the Packers are going to wait, and if they can get Tunyon back on the cheap, they'll take him back if if he can play. But at, at this point, with the cap situation being what it is, I can't see them breaking the bank for Tunyon, and and his injury may be the reason that he has a good chance of, uh, or a real not a good chance, but any chance of coming back because right. uh, it may keep other teams away from him. And and, and look, love Tunyon as a guy, uh, but a, as a player, he kind of had one good season. And you and I talked about this a year ago saying, we don't really know what he's going to be in 2021. And he did experience significant regression. He did not play up to the level that he had in 2020. Um, still certainly had a useful role on the team. But you look at the guys who stepped up in his place, Tyler Davis, Dominique Daphne, uh, even Josiah DeGuara. There really was not any kind of a drop off uh, without Tunyon from the tight end position. I I found that really interesting. And for that reason, I'm not uh, Would I enjoy having him back. Yes, obviously. But I certainly don't feel any pressure that I need to get Tunyon back. I would like to have him back, all things being equal, but there are other priorities that are higher right now on this team, and I can't see them spending a lot of money to bring him back. So no, that that you know, to me, I'd love to have Tunyon back, but I'm not holding my breath, and I'm not willing to pay a lot of money to bring him back. No, not at all. And so let's see. So he Tunyon last year made about three million bucks. Chain and Sullivan. Sullivan made two million bucks. I think you look at both of those guys and you appreciate what they can do and you appreciate their veteran leadership. But you also look at the other guys you have on the roster who are significantly cheaper. Uh, you got Shamar Jean Charles, much cheaper than Shannon Sullivan. If you feel like Shamar is ready to step up and kind of be your uh, your nickel corner. Well, that's a uh, big your, your, your slot corner that. But but if you if you feel like it then it's hard to justify shelling out two million bucks to bring Shannon back. Yes, I agree with you. The other thing is that the Packers have a number of options on the table in front of them beyond just uh, Shamar. It, you know, wh- whether you bring Shannon or Kevin King back, I think you feel confident putting either one of those guys in the slot. You also you do have three top corners. I, you know, also on your roster that you really like in. Jair, Rasul, and Stokes. And do does Jerry Gray feel like one of those guys feels like a natural fit to him to be the slot corner? If so, no way am I shelling out two million bucks for cornerback number four. We're not doing that. Well, we already no, no, have no, three but, guys who want money. But but no, but Rasul Douglas is not under contract. No, he's not. But who who's I mean, come on, come on. Who is the bigger priority to re-sign? Shannon Sullivan or Rasul Douglas? Kevin King or Rasul oh, no, Douglas? No, no, no. Rasul Douglas would be a bit would be a bigger uh, yeah. priority to re-sign. I agree with you there, but you can't say, you can't count him as being back because we don't know yet. Right, but in the meantime, do you feel do you feel okay letting Chandon and Kevin King go test free agency right now while you're trying to figure things out with Rasul? Yes, because love them, but those guys are. Very replaceable uh, if you're looking elsewhere in free agency, if those guys happen to get money that you can't match. Yeah, 
I, I agree. You you prioritize Rasul, and if you can't get him, then you could say, okay, you know, what would it cost to bring back Chandon? That that to me would make more sense. But you may not be able to afford Rasul Douglas. You may, you know, Chandon Sullivan may end up being the guy you can afford, depending on what the market bears for him. You know what? Let's continue this conversation right now, but let's go ahead and, and just put a little title on it and, and just make it official that this is the next part of our defensive breakdown yes. that we had to finish from last week. We transitioned very naturally into it. <laughs> so there you go. So we're, we're, we're officially, we're, we're done talking about news. We're talking about cornerbacks. So, uh, he, okay. This is, this is actually a fun one. So, you know, with Rasul being in the mix, and I, I, I don't think that we are necessarily super accurately valuing Rasul. I, I love Rasul. Don't get me wrong, and I really want him back. But I, I think that because of the pick sixes that he got and, and, and the uh, game-sealing interceptions that he got consistently throughout the year, because of, of those plays that he made, which, let's be honest, we're talking about four or five plays out of the, what, 700 plays that he had in the season that were, you know, uh, significantly game altering because of those plays. I think that in a lot of fans minds, they have Rasul Douglas built up as being on Jair's level as being a top tier lockdown corner. And he's not that he's a very um, dependable uh CB two or three that you really like to have, but don't, don't mistake in your mind that, well, you know, Rasul and Jair or Stokes are kind of interchangeable in terms of, you know, but I I think, but but, but he's getting talked about that way. He's, he's getting talked about that way on social media right now. And I think we need to pump the brakes on that a little bit. I, I, he, he's a very good corner. I'm happy to have him. I want him back. Uh, no question about it. I'm doing just about everything I can to get him back in the building this year. And I, especially when you consider the kind of money he's looking for, mm-hmm. he's not looking for crazy money. He's looking for a little bit of a pay raise. He even said that he's like, yeah. look, it's not going to take a lot to get me back. Uh, maybe toss a little bit more money my way, but that's about it. Very reasonable. He's yeah, coming and, back. And he should be. Look, here's the thing that concerns me about Rasul Douglas. The fact of the matter is last year was his fourth season in the league. And it's a statistically speaking, his numbers were really, really good, but they were not consistent with what we saw from him in his first three years in the league. You go to profootballreference.com. Opposing quarterbacks only completed 50% of their passes when throwing to receivers covered by Douglas last year. And they had a quarterback rating of 44.5. Those are outstanding elite kind of numbers. But in the first three years of his career, he was nowhere near those numbers. And, you know, was that, it could be that he was a perfect fit in the, in the Packers defense last year, that this system was especially well suited to his talents. He certainly put in a lot of effort. He's a, he's a film guy. He works hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's smart. But at the same time, you know, was this just, was he just in the right system and therefore his game went up a level or was it just 
He got hot at the right time, and he's not able to sustain that. That, to me, is the key question about Rasul Douglas. Super important question to be asking. And look, it's it's not that the rest of the league was just dummies who missed out on him. The Packers were the fourth team in 2021 that he was on, and he signed with us in what, uh, October? October 2nd, yeah. So three teams prior to October 2nd. The Raiders, the Texans, the Cardinals. Uh, he was uh, he was on all three of those rosters. It, it, it's not that he was just overlooked and teams were dummies. They brought him in and he wasn't any good. He was terrible for those other teams. And uh, prior to that, he was with the Eagles and the Panthers uh, in, in twenty. He was uh, drafted by the Eagles in 2017. They cut him. They re-signed him in 2020. Went on to cut him again. And he was signed by the Panthers. After that, you had the the 2021 season where he was on four different teams. So I, I, I just think you have to look at him and say, look, clearly with the production you got out of him in 2021 and the fact that he did work really well in the system and he was hot, you do want to bring him back. I think that he's much more valuable to the Packers than he is to anybody else in the league. But make no question about it. You, the, for the beginning of the season, and your off-season training with him, the number one focus that you have is assessing, are we going to get that same production out of him this year again, or was it a fluke? Was he just hot? Because plenty of bad players do get hot for a season. I mean, look at, heck was his name, Kyler Fackrell. Kyler Fackrell in, what, 2018? He had Mm. all those sacks, like 10 and a half sacks. Come on now. So, and, and that's the that's part of the issue with uh, stats like sacks and interceptions is it's such a small sample size and they're fleeting stats. It's, they're not consistent from year to year. Even the good players, the really good players don't put up consistent sacks or stats from year to year. They have uh, years where they kind of come in bunches. So uh, but Stokes and, and Jair as your uh, top two corners are obviously the the uh, your 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 lockdown guys that you're really depending on, and Jair, I think is is a an instance where you're going to see probably probably the very next big cap saving move that we're going to see is going to be a Jair Alexander extension. Mm-hmm. Signing into a new deal is I think pretty critical. So in his I hate when I do this. I just close his stupid tab. I had his contract. Ah. Let me re- reopen this. Jair Alexander in 2022 currently has a $13.2 million cap hit. That's for his fifth year option. Obviously, he's coming back. We're really excited to see him. But what the Packers are going to do is before the season uh, begins, and I think honestly in the next week or two weeks at the most here, you're going to see a new deal signed with Jair. I think they've been working on it for a while. He's going to get big boy money. He is going to be the number one or number two highest paid cornerback in the league. Yep. Uh, I think Marshawn Lattimore right now is the highest paid. Let me see. Marshawn Lattimore, I think, is making 19.5. Uh, maybe Jalen Ramsey is making like 19.7. Uh, but, but those two guys are the highest paid. Why can't I not open this tab? Cornerback. There we go. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is at first place. Uh, Marshawn Lamar is down at third place. I forgot about Marlon Humphrey. So right. 
Jalen Ramsey is making exactly 20,000 or 20 million bucks a year. Marlon Humphrey and Marshawn Lattimore are both making 19 and a half. I think Jair is going to make 20 million bucks. Uh, they might even throw him a bone and make it 20.5. So he can say that he's makes more money than Jalen Ramsey. And then they're going to structure that so that they are not actually uh, hitting their cap for 20 and a half million bucks in 2022. He's going to be far less than 13 million in 2022. They're going to backload all this. He's going to get a huge signing bonus. Uh, let's say that they sign him to a five year deal for a total of 100 million bucks. Probably feels about right. He's probably going to get 100. He's going to be the first 100 million dollar cornerback. Yeah, and and he deserves it. Uh, uh, to me, it's a win win. The Packers will be able to reduce his cap hit for this year. Keep him in the fold. He's an elite shutdown corner, and you know, obviously, in in, in my book, that's a win win. And the other thing is, you know, you sign him to a four or five year deal by the third or fourth year, he's not going to be the highest paid corner in the league right. anymore. And and it'll it's be, gonna be peanuts at that point. Yeah. yeah so it's a win win. No question. He's going to get an extension. Uh, I mean, just, just, just mark that one down in a Sharpie. That's not going anywhere. He's getting an extension. Question is, is he going to get four or 5 million? Uh, question two, or I mean, sorry, four or five years. The, the second question is, is there, and, and I, I think you're going to shut me down immediately when I suggest this, but the, is there any sliver of a question of, does he make a tiny bit less because of his injury this past year? Is there any shred of a chance that he only makes like 18 or so instead of the full 20? I'll tell you why I don't think that's the case. If it was a knee injury where you say, okay, he's going to lose a step because of that. It's going to affect the way he... Uh, you know, covers, you know, his value is as a cover corner, a shutdown cover corner. The fact that it was a shoulder injury has minimal uh, effect on that particular skill set. So I don't think, uh, and, and then he tried, you know, he toughed it out for the team in the sense that he put off surgery in order to try to come back for the playoffs. And I, I don't think it's going to have a major effect, if any. All right. Well said, well said. So the other uh, cornerbacks uh, who are under contract with the Packers right now, you have, I mean, who, who's even currently under contract? Uh, Shamar Jean Charles. KB on Ento, I think, is still there. KB on Ento is a free agent, but I think he's, I think we would say he's probably coming back. Oh, okay. you know, you know what? No, no, no. He is on there. He they signed him to a uh, a futures deal. He is he is already uh, back. He was a free agent. They signed him to a new deal. He's back. Forgot about that. I think that's it. I'm not seeing any other corners. Um, I think it's Keandre Thomas. Is Keandre Thomas, a corner or a wide receiver? Yeah, he's a corner. So you got Keandre Thomas. He's your training camp body that you're gonna see what he can do. Uh, he uh, 2021 undrafted free agent. He was with the Browns and then the Chargers and then the Packers just picked him up. We'll see what he's got. Uh, maybe he's going to impress. You're probably never going to hear his name again, though. 
So uh, that's about it at corner. I think they're going to pick up some other guys, probably. Um, and whether that's going to be new bo- bodies or bringing back a guy like Chandon or Kevin King. Uh, but you need more bodies in that room. I think one or two, especially in training camp, you, you want to have a, a bit of a competition there for the bottom few spots. See who can contribute on special teams. Um, give guys a chance to really shine. I, th- I think you're going to see that for sure. So safety is a big question. And I think we hinted at this a little bit last week. So obviously the two most important guys, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage. Here's the big question regarding Adrian Amos. If I were the GM, I would be signing Amos to an extension. I'd be giving him several more years. But I actually would have done that a year ago. And if you had done that a year ago, you would have saved some money. Instead, they restructured him and tacked on some void years. And I, I just I just can't ignore the fact that everything surrounding Adrian Amos's contract and the way the Packers have handled it suggests that they are planning to move on from him either this year or at the end of this season. I don't want to do that. I think he's one of the more important guys on the defense. And I think especially when you look at Darnell, I think a big chunk of why Darnell has been so good when he has been good is because he's playing next to Amos. And I think you look at a a parallel with um, Ha Ha Clinton Dix and uh, who was the safety we had next to him? uh, Morgan Burnett. Right. And Morgan Burnett kind of played more of that Adrian Amos role. Let Haha go around and kind of hunt. And when they moved on from Burnett, Haha just took a dive into the toilet. And he has never been even competent since then. I mean, he's not even in the league right now. He was, I think he, did he get signed to like the, in the XFL or something? He was, a, he was certainly on a bunch of practice squads. Yeah. He, uh, last he's year. making the rounds right now. Not even on rosters, but actually on practice. Yep. The, the, the dude has completely fallen off. And you look at how good he was when he was next to, to Burnett. I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable moving on from, from Amos, but everything they're doing with his, with his contract suggests a, a complete aversion to uh, keeping him around long term. I don't like that. No, and I would like to keep Amos. Amos is smart. He's a leader. He is the kind of player who is in the right place at the right time. And as you said, he, you know, he, when Amos is doing his thing, that allows uh, Joe Barry to use uh, Darnell Savage in different ways. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll even say this. Um, Joe Barry did a lot of things better uh, than his predecessor as a defensive coordinator. But I think one of them was not how he utilized Darnell Savage. Yeah, the, that, that's another good conversation for us to have down the road here. Uh, this off season, I, I'd be interested in exploring that a little bit more. Yeah. And, and seeing kind of what went wrong for Darnell this past year. But so th- this is Adrian's last year under contract. He has three void years that are, they account for $3.2 million in dead camp dead cap. Uh, I, if, if you were to cut him right now, which I don't want to, but I think it's, I think you, as a fan, it has to be on the table that the Packers might be considering it based on the, their behavior. 
if you cut him right now, uh, he counts for 4.6 million in dead cap. Sorry, 7.3 million in dead cap, and you're only getting 4.6 freed up. It doesn't make and, a lot of sense to let him to cut him right now. No, no. I mean, you, you could tack on a couple more void years and and lower his cap hit by uh, a couple million bucks, and that would if they do that. In my mind, that is a firm guarantee that they are not bringing him back next year. Mm-hmm. I really would like to see them give him a three-year extension. So he's got a four-year deal. Um, you can uh, lower his cap head a little bit. He's only 29 years old. I mean, a 33-year-old safety, he's not, he's not even a corner. He's a safety. You can keep a guy at safety when he's a little bit older. You can do that. And he's playing phenomenal football. He doesn't miss any time. Has he missed a single game with the Packers? I feel like he's one of the most rock solid, especially since he's playing safety and they play the most snaps on the team yeah. outside of maybe your your uh, left tackle and your quarterback. He's been so dependable. I, I just I don't I, I can't don't, wrap my head around an argument of moving on from him. The, the only argument would be money uh, in that you couldn't afford to keep him beyond next year. But uh I, I think that it would be wiser to extend him and add some void years. And, you know, here's the other thing, you know, and you you touched on this, but I want to flesh it out a little bit. Adrian Amos's game is not based on speed. You know, Eric Stokes's game right now is largely based on speed. But a- Adrian Amos is based on intelligence, reading plays, getting himself in the right position at the right time anticipating, you know, where receivers are going to go. Overall, he he's the kind of guy who can play until he's in his 30s, a, a, yeah. as opposed to someone who relies on speed. Uh, you know, on the flip side, it's sort of the same thing as Devontae Adams. I think he'll do well, better in his 30s than a receiver who relies exclusively on his speed. So to me, Amos can be kept uh, beyond next year if uh, Gudikins can find a way to extend him. He's not even making a crazy amount of money. It's like roughly eight million bucks a year for the for his uh, first contract with the Packers. Um, if if your argument for moving on from him is money, then I would tell the Packers that they are prioritizing some wrong players. I think that uh, Adrian Amos to me is significantly more important than Aaron Jones because finding a replacement level safety much harder than finding a good running back, find finding a, a good quality safety who you just don't have to worry about. I mean, a- Amos is as close to lockdown as you can get for a safety. I mean, he's uh, I'll, I'll grant that, uh, you know, Jesse Bates is probably the best safety in the league and whatever the guy's name is in Denver is, is, is really good as well. But I mean, a- Amos is all consistently a top five safety in the league. It's, it is a very important position his veteran leadership is phenomenal. And I think that when you're looking at leadership, there's always um, more of a in Green Bay. There is a bigger deficit of leadership in veteran players on the defensive side of the ball, as opposed to the offensive side of the ball. A lot, a lot more old veterans who've been around for a while on offense. Uh, Amos to me is just, I, I, I cannot get on board with moving on from him, but, uh, beyond those, behind those two guys, and and we'll certainly have a long offseason conversation about where Darnell needs to step up and kind of what went wrong for him. Yep. 
But behind those two guys, uh, it, it ain't great. <laughs> the, the, the safety room for the Packers needs some help, I think. You, you're not thrilled with Henry Black and Vernon Scott? Um, they're... Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with that. Okay, uh, I, I'm not saying I am. I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I... I, I will say I liked them both a lot more a year ago. Yeah. 2021 was a rough year. Uh, you know, Henry Black got a lot of snaps. And there were periods throughout the year where I felt like um, pretty consistently when plays were getting blown up, Henry Black was like right there. And he had like missed a crucial block. Um, and, and that kind of continued for a, a significant chunk of the year. And I don't, I don't even know who else you have, you know, on the roster that you have any any uh, confidence in. There's Sean Davis, who was a practice squad and special teams guy exclusively. Shannon Sullivan is listed as a safety uh, by PFF. That's, I think, really inaccurate. He, he played cornerback yeah. um, predominantly. Actually, they also have Kevin King listed as safety, so that's... Well, he played a little bit, maybe, in that. Yeah. You also have Ennis Gaines. He's on the... on the. Uh, well, I guess nobody's on the practice squad right now. He's on the uh, 2022 roster. Uh, he'll be back. But really, it's it's you got six guys that uh, you're looking at getting... Really needing three starters out of them. And the question up in the air of what you do with Adrian Amos. So I, I would like them to add another guy in the draft, take a, you know, sixth round, seventh round swing at safety and see if you can find a guy that you can develop. Um, that, that to me is, is a position that I think is a little bit thinner than the rest of the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it, there definitely needs to be an upgrade in depth. And again, I think we're looking at day three in the draft where they'll definitely address the safety position at least once. Well, I think that covers it for the defensive side of the ball for us. Kind of what we would do, um, who we'd bring back, who we would move on from. I, I think I think uh, when it comes to the cornerback and safety positions, not a ton of guys that you look at and say, yeah, it's time to move on, except for, I think for me, Kevin King has has played enough football in Green Bay, unless he's going to come back for cheap. I mean, we're talking less than two million bucks. Yeah, I'm that's not, not interested happening. in bringing him back to be cornerback number four. Mm-hmm. You got five, five million bucks to be cornerback number four last year. I'm not I'm not doing that. So uh, anything else we need to touch on before we wrap up? I mean, what, what what are you looking forward to this week? Uh, you think we're going to finally get an Aaron Rodgers answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to uh, get one. Uh, I mean, the way people read the tea leaves now is beyond ridiculous at times. Uh, but, hey, uh, it is what it is. And if he's true to his word – We'll know something in in two weeks at the latest. Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and say, and I said it last week and I was wrong, but I, I think I think I'll say again this week that I think we get the Aaron Rodgers answer this week. I think we're going to be waiting a little while for DeMonte Adams, maybe two weeks before. I think, honestly, free agency might open up uh, before we, we really get anything done with, with DeMonte, wow. despite, the, despite the threat of 
tagging him. I don't think they're going to do it. And they let uh, Aaron Jones get all the way into free agency and then sign a deal with him. I think I think uh, similar things going to happen with uh, with Devonte this year. All right, we shall see. All righty, that's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or to ask us questions. You can also email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Dot com.